This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. I'd like for you to take your Bibles, if you will, this morning for these next few moments and turn with me to an Old Testament passage of Scripture. You might have to get your Bibles unstuck for a little bit, but go to the book of Zechariah, if you will. And I want to call your attention to chapter 9 and verse number 9. But I want to give some significance to this thing called Palm Sunday. So if you have found your place in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse number 9, and they will get the scripture on the screen. You can follow along with us very closely and carefully. And so today as we celebrate Palm Sunday... Christians around the world, all over the world, recognize this as the Sunday in which Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And so on this day, the prophecy that you see here in Scripture, I want you to understand that this prophecy was given 400 years before Jesus went to the cross. That's important to remember. It just goes to testify how the Word of God is so true. You can go back to the words of Isaiah, which were written 750 years before the cross, and Isaiah wrote these words by faith. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now, Zechariah brings us into the words of prophecy. And the scripture says this in chapter 9, verse number 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, the king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. And then I'd like for you, if you would, to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 12. Because as we have the prophecy given in Zechariah about Palm Sunday, in John chapter 12, we have the fulfillment of that prophecy that was spoken 400 years prior to this event. John chapter 12 begins to reflect the account of the final week of Jesus on this earth before his crucifixion. And let me emphasize, it was no ordinary day. The truth of the matter is this, Palm Sunday would initiate a week that would change forever the course of mankind. There are three things that I briefly want to share with you about Palm Sunday and make a real brief mention of it. First of all, if you have your bulletin, the outline is very simple today, and I want you to look at it because I want to recognize the place, the place of this event. And John chapter 12, verse number 12, tells us where this place would be, and that is Jerusalem. 
And so John chapter 12, verse number 12, the Bible says, On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. This is important. There are a couple of other scriptures that I'd like to give you that resonate with this really well. One of which is Psalms 87, verse number 3. Because Jerusalem is significant for many reasons, I, I'm going to condense those reasons today and be brief with it. But the Bible tells us that Jerusalem is called the city of God. And the scripture is Psalms 87, verse number 3, Glorious things are spoken of the O city of God, Selah. And probably one of the most beautiful passages of scripture that I could share with you briefly this morning is Psalms 48, verses 1 and 2. And it says this, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. In the city of our God, the mountain of his holiness, beautiful for situation, is the joy of the whole earth. Is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king? And so as we think about this place, Jerusalem, we understand in the scriptures that the Bible calls this place the city of God. But secondly, I want you to know that Jerusalem was chosen to be the place where God would send his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins. And so it is significant. Jerusalem is also the place of reconciliation the place of crucifixion, the place where God would build a bridge to his presence and to remove the veil that separated men from him. Number three, Jerusalem will also be the place where Jesus, when he returns in the revelation, will rule and reign for a thousand years upon the throne of David. But one of the beautiful things about this city of God is the fact that Jerusalem will be his holy city forever. Nothing will change that. In fact, Psalms 132 verses 13 through 14 gives us the biblical assurance of that. And the scripture says, For the Lord hath chosen Zion. He hath desired it for his habitation. This is my rest. Look at this. This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. And so keep in mind that there is no Gentile, no Jew, no Muslim, nor king or president on this earth that will ever be able to rearrange the fact that Jerusalem has been selected to be the holy city of God forever. That gives us great assurance in the realm of Bible prophecy. The second thing that I want you to notice this morning is the people of this place. And in John chapter 12, I'm going to read again verse number 12 and 13. Because thousands of people were there on Palm Sunday. And the scripture says again, on the next day, much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, 
took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And so this company was made up of Jews and Gentiles. The people were shouting in unison together, Hosanna in one breath, because they believed, listen carefully. First of all, they didn't shout Hosanna Blessed be the name of the Lord. They weren't shouting this because they believed Jesus was the Messiah. This was not a messianic parade. They were shouting Hosanna to Jesus because they thought that he was going to be the great deliverer from the Roman oppression that they were under. And so that's important to remember. And when they realized that the mission of Jesus was not to deliver them from Roman oppression, but that his mission was to die on the cross, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When this was emphasized and this was revealed, Within the course of a week, they were not all in unison shouting Hosanna. They were all in unison crying, crucify him. Now you think about how quick some people are to change their opinions about you. Think about how quick that these people changed their opinion about Jesus. It's amazing because there's a verse of scripture in John chapter 1, verse number 11, that tells us he came unto his own and his own received him not. And I'm so thankful today that as Jesus came to be a Messiah, to be among his own people, the word says his own received him not. And I'm so thankful that when they rejected Jesus, he did open the door of faith to the Gentiles. And because he opened the door of faith to the Gentiles, he allowed every single one of us to come into his family by faith and trust him as our Lord and Savior. And so quickly we recognize the place, Jerusalem. By the way, I don't have time to preach this aspect of it, but Jesus was not crucified inside of the city walls of Jerusalem. And that, by the way, is a, is a huge denominational difference with our faith and what the ideologies are among other people uh, in the world today. Jesus was crucified outside of the city walls. That's important. So we understand the place. We understand the people. Now let me give you the purpose. We've already said that Jesus came for people. He did. It's the greatest reason. He came to redeem mankind from their sins. The word says in the gospel of Luke chapter 19, verse number 10, that the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And then in Mark chapter 10 and verse 45, the word says, for even the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. But Jesus came for a couple of other reasons as well. He not only came to redeem us, to give us everlasting life, if we would call upon his name, 
But he came primarily for two other reasons as well. First and foremost, to die for our sins, to make the atonement, to pay the pardon. But secondly, John chapter 10, verse number 10, gives us a wonderful aspect of encouragement. Jesus also came, the word says this, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Abundant life, by the way, is a better life for a believer, a quality of life that can surpass anything that this world can offer. There's no better life, I will tell you this, there is no better life apart from Christ. You may have been saved and maybe today you're not enjoying the fullness of a life in Christ and the Lord Jesus can change all of that in the blink of an eye. So the Lord Jesus not only came to give us redemption, he not only came to give us life, but he also came to give us help. And the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And in Psalms chapter 124 and verse number 8, the scripture says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And the truth of the matter is all of us in here today need help of some sort. All of us. I can think of those in the hospital. I can think of those in bereavement. I can think of those facing surgery. Those of you that are facing us a memorial service to come. All of us today have a need of some sort of help. And God so wonderfully and lovingly provided for us. We might have financial needs, physical needs, emotional needs, spiritual needs, domestic needs of all sorts. When I think of this in the book of Philippians, there are two incredible passages of Scripture that has really ministered to me personally throughout my life. And one of them is the classic verse, as Paul writes in Philippians 4.13, he says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. But the one I want you to focus on just for the moment is Philippians 4, verse number 19. Because we're all needy in some way. And according to the scriptures, the word says this, but my God shall supply all of your need. If a sparrow cannot fall from the tree to the ground, without the heavenly father knowing the need thereof. Think how much more he cares about you and I. But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. And so today, real quickly, as we celebrate Palm Sunday, we think about the place, the people, and the purpose. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.